Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. That's it. Welcome. Well, it's the last Sunday of the year. Yeah, of the year. Pretty amazing. 2018. Who never thought 2019? Like, it's amazing. Uh, like, I know the 2024 Olympics is kind of been talked about and then we've been kind of solidified. For me, I work in the Olympic years. I kind of go, wow, 2028, it's like, that's ages away. But then it's like, whoa, where 2020 is like in only a year and a half. It's pretty crazy. But uh, who had a good Christmas? Hands up if you had a good Christmas. Yeah, who had a good Christmas? Who got something cool for Christmas? Who gave something cool? What'd you get, Sash? Camera, very cool. Addy? Go, that's awesome. How cool is that? What about adults? Who got something cool as an adult? Brad, what'd you get? That is cool. That is cool. Leanne, what'd you get? Pardon? Earrings. Very nice. Who gave something really cool? Who gave something that, what'd you give? Jenna? Oh, you were sucking up. Yep, keep going. Oh, right. You gave them mugs. Excellent. Who else gave something really cool, like really thought out? Come on, come on. Who else? Ben? How cool is that? Now you can have more kids and re-engrave it with some more names on there. That is so cool. You know, um, hey, Rocky. This is my son, Rocky. Say hello. So, hey, he's in his, El- is this Elsa? Elsa. So we're driving, in- sorry, Rock. We're driving in the car the other day. I said, Daddy's speaking on the weekend. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Jesus and Christmas and the manger. He said, oh, what about David and Goliath? Tell that story. I like that story better. I was like, no, well, well, I'm not speaking on David and Goliath this morning. I'm preaching on the nativity and that sort of stuff. But for Christmas this year, um, Sam and I, we decided to go all out. Oh, then he also said, can I come up on the stage with you on Sunday morning? And I said, yeah, you can come up just really quickly. Oh, hello. Give everyone a wave. This is the last time you can come up. All right. He doesn't look fantastic. Everyone said you look really nice in your dress. Go on. Jump over there, Rocky. Get out of here. Fantastic. Well, so for Christmas time, we, um, we're going to get the kids a trampoline, right? And so we went to Rebel. And we wanted the 12-foot tramp with the UFC cage, you know, the UFC cage so that they can wrestle in there and do cage takedowns and stuff. But, um, and then um, so we went to Rebel and they said, oh, we don't have any 12-foot ones, but we've got a 14-foot one. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, well, let's just grab it. Why not? So I got the 40-foot one, a belly fit in the car, got it home. And I start like undoing it because they say, you got, I don't know if you've, as, I'm, as I purchased it Christmas Eve, the lady goes, have you ever put one of these together before? I said, no, no, I haven't. She goes, oh, good luck. Like, have fun. And I said, no, no, like, it's all good. I'll get it done. It's Christmas tomorrow. She's like, all right, mate, see you later. Like, have fun. Good luck. And I was like, and then I, I said to Sam, and, I, as I'm, and I'm undoing it, and I'm like, it's so big. It's four and a half meters, 427 centimeters, 14 foot. It's humongous, right? And as I'm, as at Christmas Eve, the kids have finally gone to sleep uh, and, I'm, and I'm putting it out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think it's going to fit in our backyard because of how it's designed. Anyway, so I had to get my measuring tape. From one end, I measured it to the other and it's 435 centimetres, and this is 427. So have a look at the photo. Can I chuck it up, David, if it worked? Look, it just fits. Just fits. Six, 
six centimeters from the pergola to the thing. We're in a rented property, so it's not like I just remove stuff. And uh, there it is. Amazing. How cool is that? Anyway, just fit. It, that's every parent here has probably had a time, and this is gonna, I'm going to become one of those parents where you do it on Christmas Eve and it doesn't work on Christmas. It's a fail. Who's, who's a parent that's done that yet? Yeah, it's just part of, I think, being a parent. But anyway, um, today what I'm doing is closing out our series on Christmas and looking at Jesus as the gift. And uh, hopefully I can share some insights into Christmas and the gift of Jesus. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but when there's words in your life, do you say something different? Like when someone says something to you, do you say something different in your head? For example, our next-door neighbor's name is Tracy. And whenever I, someone says Tracy, I say to myself, Tracky. Just, or recipe, I say recipe because that's how you spell it. Uh, and with Christmas, whenever I hear the word Christmas or I read Christmas, I see it in two words, Christ and Mass. Because I did a little bit of Spanish and Mass or Mass means more. So it's Christ more or more Christ. So whenever I see Christmas, I go, oh, it's about Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. It's not about Santa and presents. It's about Jesus and the gift he is to us. So um, like five years ago, I went to the shops and I bought this book that I finally read this year. It's called Why the Nativity. And it's 25 reasons. It's actually a really cool book if you want to read it uh, about Christmas time. Um, it's got stuff like why was Jesus born in Bethlehem? Why was Mary and Joseph chosen? Why was King Herod so angry? What about the wise men? It's a really, really cool book. So anyway, um, if you want to read it, you can. But today, um, I want to share with you th three thoughts around a gift. Three thoughts. And the first thought is that gifts are thought about. The best gifts in life are usually done because they've been thought about. They've been thought about, you know, and you think about, uh, there was a lady, at, I run a judo club, there was a lady at my judo club who, her husband had gone away for AFP, he was, I think he's gone for eight months, she's got two, three kids, and my, my wife and I were like, man, it must be really tough right now, so we just made her some dinner, some dessert, and I brought it in, I said, hey, you, we, we kind of thought you'd probably gone through a really hard time at the moment, your husband went away, here's just some dinner for you, some Christmas dinner, and she's just like started crying, she's just like, I can't believe that you thought about me. How nice is that? I know for Love Week, we did Love Week two weeks back uh, for church, and so many people here thought about someone that we could love on over Christmas time. I remember talking to someone saying, oh, there's a family that's going through some rough times, so I'm going to make them the dinner and dessert. I'm going to give it to them. When it's well thought out, it actually means a lot more. You know, I read um, fantasy novels, and uh, I remember one year Sam bought me a present, and it was a book called uh, The Wise Man's Fear. I don't know if you've read it. It's about this fat. And, uh, and uh, anyway, so she gets them out. I know you like fantasy novels, but you usually read David Gamble. I was going to get you a David Gamble, but I thought, you know what? Um, and I asked some of the guys at work, and they said, oh, this book is so good. You've got to read this one. And so I read about it online, and, and then I bought it for you. So here it is. And I was like, wow, she like went to so much effort to buy me that present. Like it's actually the effort and the well-thought-outness and the timing of it is actually means more than the gift itself. And the gift of Jesus was a gift that was well-thought-out from God's point of view. He knew what we needed and he knew what it had to take to save us. He saw the state of our world and he sent Jesus as a gift for you and I and for mankind. And Pastor Greg Laurie says this, when God decided to give us the gift of eternal life, it wasn't something that he just thought of on the fly. Long before there was a town called Bethlehem, a garden called Eden and a planet called Earth, a decision was made in eternity that God would send forth his son, born of a woman, made under the law to redeem those that are under the law. There was a plan well thought out before the creation of the earth to send Jesus on the cross and that you and I are part of that gift. You and I are part of that plan. 
that he loves us and he's thinking about us. Do you know that God knows your name? He knows your heart. He knows your fears of 2018 and your happiness of 2018. He knows your fears that are moving into 2019 and the unknowns. But the best gifts are the ones that are sometimes take the longest to plan and that are well thought out. And Galatians 4 captures it so well. It says, But when the set time had come, when the set time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. That through the gift of Jesus Christ that we are adopted into sonship. How cool is that? And in the message version it says this, But when the time had arrived, but when the time arrived that was set by God, how cool is that? That gifts are thought about. The gifts that we gave at Christmas time were thought about, the good ones. Then there's also the gift cards. You're like, what do I get them? It's like Christmas Eve gift card. We all know it. We all do it, unless they actually ask for a gift card. But the gift card can be a bit of a, haven't quite thought about it, here you go. But Jesus isn't a gift card. He's a well thought out plan sent for us, you and I, 2,000 years ago. God knew what he was doing when he sent Jesus for you and I, and the time was about 2,000 years ago. And the gifts that we give at Christmas time, they're wrapped. My trampoline wasn't, because who can be bothered? But they're wrapped, aren't they? And who at Christmas time, uh, someone gives you a present, you're like, Toblerone, this is a Toblerone. You know it, don't you? You know it's a Toblerone because it's shaped like a Toblerone. Cadbury favourites. You know, everyone knows Cadbury favourites, don't you? I remember one Christmas, uh, my older brother hands out uh, the presents and... Um, and uh, one day he picked up, it was clearly a basketball. And he goes to my cousin, hey, Ben, here's a basketball. And because it could be anything he opened up as a basketball. Like some presents can be extremely obvious. Uh, this year I got Rocky a sword and it was wrapped like a sword, about this big. Clearly a sword. Uh, but the gift of Je- Jesus was wrapped completely differently. And it was unexpected by most people. It was unexpected. There were some people who expected it. In Luke 2, you've got uh, Simeon, which was at Jerusalem. Even John the Baptist was like, the time has come. There's a Messiah coming. Whose sandals I'm unworthy to untie. So there's guys that knew about it. And there's guys that didn't. But Jesus was an unexpected gift to mankind. Like our trampoline, Rocky came out and he said, Oh, I didn't even know I wanted a trampoline. I didn't even know I wanted one. Uh, I didn't even know I wanted one. But humanity didn't even know we needed one. But Jesus was the gift. You know, many Jews uh, thought that the, that the, the, the new king, the saviour, the Messiah, would be a, a warrior uh, that would actually rise up Israel and take over and, and, and get rid of Rome from their land. But he wasn't. And that's one reason why King Herod uh, in the Christmas story was so, who's this king of the Jews they're talking about? And uh, you picture this. King Herod is up in his palace, and uh, his people come to him and go, man, there's these wise men traveling. They're from the east. And if you think about three wise men, it's not three people on a camel. If they traveled a long way, they would have had a caravan of stuff to carry, food, supplies, people. Um, and so there would have been these people from the east coming, coming in. Who, who are? So they was going, hey. And they would have come in and said, hey, where's the king of the Jews? And King Herod was known as the king of the Jews. There's a bit of a payout from the Romans. And they would have gone, oh, King Herod, he's up in the, up in the palace. And no, 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 we're not looking at the new king of the Jews, the new king that that star is pointing to, the one we're following. So King Herod's people would have gone, man, they're looking for this new king. And King Herod's like, man, the new king that they're waiting for is going to be a warrior. He's going to rise up. He's going to take my throne. And so what does he do? He kills every boy under the age of two in the whole region to make sure. So some people thought he would be a warrior, but 
the unexpected gift of Jesus, like my trampoline, was completely unexpected by most people. God had a different plan. A baby in a manger, not a palace. Born of humble people, not kings or noblemen. He was born in a small town, not a city. Jesus came to show us how to live, to show us how to live in obedience to God, to show us his perfect love, his acceptance of people, the the, the cast outs, the lowest, the poor. He came to show us how to love people. And he did that so that we could relate to him. Jesus was a baby. Then he became a boy. Then he became a teenager. Then he became a man. And you and I can all relate to him. Whatever you're going through in your life, you can relate to Jesus. If he, if he came as a warrior with his swords, his hacking people. Sorry, kids. Uh, there's, if you want kids, there's coloring in down there if you like. Oh, dear. But regardless, we couldn't relate to him. But he came as a man, fully God, yet fully human. He had brothers. He had stepbrothers. He had parents who left him behind sometimes. He had a job. He had social pressures. He had religious duties. He had relational tensions. He had people who hated him. He had people who loved him. He had people who betrayed him. He had friends. He had close friends. He had people who were nasty to him. He had times of doubt. He had times of frustration. He had times of righteous anger, times of sadness, times of love, times of grace, times of acceptance. So when we have times of doubt, times of stress, times of fear, times of anxiety, we have a God who completely relates to us and we can come to him. He actually says, come to me. I know exactly what you're going through and exactly what's going on. And Paul captures this so well in Hebrews. In Hebrews 4, says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The gift of Jesus is a gift that you can relate to. The gift of Jesus is a relationship you can engage in. The gift of Jesus is a person that you can talk to about what you're going through, and he'll help you walk through it. It says here that he'll receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So what about you this year? Have you gone to God in your time of need? Have you gone to God in your prayer life when there's those times of doubt, times of fear, times of anxiety, times of stress, times of anger? Have you gone to the gift of Jesus or not? And what about moving into 2019? What are you going to do? Are you going to go to Jesus? Because he can relate to you. He knows who you are and what you're going through. And uh, years and years ago, uh, coming up to five years now, uh, Sam and I, uh, our first baby, we had, we had Rocky, but we had a baby before that. Her name was Haven. She was a stillborn. And I remember um, yelling at God and I was saying, like, no one understands what it's like, you know, and, um, and I was yelling at God and I was like, um, you know, because you're allowed to yell at God just to let you know. And uh, you're allowed to talk to him. Look at all the prophets in the Old Testament. They yelled at God, Habakkuk, Jonah, they all had, because it's a relationship. If you can yell at your best friend and your spouse and you can talk to them about stuff, you can also do that with God. And, uh, and I was like yelling at God. I was saying, no way, because you know, all this stuff and stuff. You know, I, I tithe and I go to church and whatever, and no one understands. And then there was this still small voice goes, I understand. I was like, oh my gosh. That, yes, we, we had a stillborn girl, 
but he had a son that also died on the cross for me. And it was in that moment, I was just like, oh, man. Like, one, I can come to you with everything. And two, in my time of need, he speaks directly to your heart. Directly to your heart. That we can come boldly to the throne room of grace and, and engage with the gift of Jesus in our lives. My third thought is that gifts are given. Gifts are given. Do you remember growing up, I don't know if they have to do that. Still, they do this in schools. But remember in like Father's Day or Mother's Day or Christmas, your parents would give you $2. And then at lunchtime, you'd go and buy a Mother's Day or Father's Day present. Do you remember doing that? Yeah? Well, um, the funny thing is, is your parents give you money to buy them a present. Like they're essentially just buying them a, themselves a present. But I guarantee at Christmas time, when someone gave you a present, you don't go, oh, how much I owe you? Like, you don't. Presents are meant to be accepted, opened, and enjoyed, aren't they? Um, you know, um, who has a Christmas movie? Every year you watch a Christmas movie, yeah? Ours is, and most people hate it, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Put your hand up if you like it. Put your hand up if you hate it. More people hate it than like it, seriously. It's, so, it's just so stupid. But um, there's a bit in the movie where he gets stuck in, in the roof in the attic. And um, like, it is just stupid, but it's funny. And... Um, he gets stuck in the, in the attic and he's just looking around for stuff and he, there's, like a, uh, there's like a gap and he puts his hand in the gap and he pulls out a present and he kind of blows the dust off it and he's like, what's this present? So he's obviously, he's thought about the present, he's wrapped it and he's hidden it and he's forgotten to give it. Give it. Anyway, he's opened it up and it's a um, home video of like their family and he gets to open it up and enjoy it. But that's what presents are. They're not meant to be left in an attic, not accessed and not enjoyed. Presents are given they're accepted, they're opened and enjoyed, and they're part of your family. You know, what about you? Have you accepted the gift of Jesus? Have you opened up the gift of Jesus? Do you enjoy the gift of Jesus each and every day in your life, in those hard times, in the good times? Do you enjoy that gift of Jesus? Is Jesus, the gift of Jesus a part of your life? That trampoline, you walk it, there it is. It takes up a whole backyard. It's a part of our life. Every morning we get up, Joe jump on the trampoline. The next neighbors are like, ugh. But, um, it's a part of our life to be enjoyed. What about Jesus? Is he a part of your life? Do you enjoy him? Do you unwrap him? Do you engage in him, with him, in your life? Jesus is a part of my life in, in prayer, reading the Bible, serving at church, um, in my thought life, in my prayer life, in my times of stress, my times of anger, my times of happiness. Jesus is a part of that. What about you? Have you accepted and enjoyed the free gift of Jesus? Or maybe you have accepted him, but you haven't included that gift in your everyday life or in your weekly life. Have you accepted him, but not included him? Maybe this year coming in 2019, it's a defining moment in your life. Do you know what? I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to enjoy the gift of Jesus. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to serve. I'm going to engage with him. I'm going to open my heart to him. I'm going to let him in to my heart in whatever areas he's calling you to do. Or maybe you don't know that salvation is a free gift. That salvation is a free gift. That you don't have to earn it. You can't pay for it. It's a present that you don't hand over cash for. You don't hand over, I go to church five times a year or 50, 600 times a year. It's not a transaction. It's a free gift. It is a free gift. Ephesians 2 says this, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. No one can boast. It is a free gift. You know, in uh, the first century church, um, the church in Galatia, uh, obviously Jesus grew up in a 
heavily religious Jewish culture. And what was happening was people were going, oh, yeah, yeah, like salvation is a free gift, but you need to, to the Gentiles, but you need to do the, the Jewish religious rituals. You go do this and this and this. And they were watering down the gospel. The gospel is, it is a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't, you can't work for it. You can't serve the next door neighbor. And we do that because of the free gift, but not to earn the free gift. It is a free gift. And so the, the letter to Galatian church is Paul saying, listen. No, it's not about religion. It's not about law. It is about free gift. And this is what it says. This is in my Bible. It says, some people have a hard time accepting God's gift of salvation because it's free. You know, in life, I tell Rocky, like, the more you practice, the better you get. When you study hard, I tell the kids, the teenagers that I know, that if you study hard, you get a good result. You work hard, you get a promotion. You work hard, you might get paid more. You know, there's a, there's a I do this, this happens, Right? Salvation doesn't work like that. It is a free gift. You can't work for it to get it, which is so countercultural. Even when I first became a Christian, I'm like, I've got to do all these things. And it just grounds you to the, the floor. You can't do, you can't earn it. It is a free gift. It says this, people can't shake the idea that there's got to be some catch. They're convinced that somehow they have to earn the gift of salvation, eternal life by doing good works, living clean, and participating in religious rituals. The Galatians of Paul's day fit into that category. Judaizers were going around teaching that Gentile Christians had to obey Jewish laws and participate in certain rituals and ceremonies in order to be saved. To Paul's amazement, some of the believers in Galatia were actually buying into this message, messed up gospel. In response, Paul made it absolutely clear that only one thing ever has, ever does, and ever will save people, faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Faith in him gets you saved. Faith in him opens that door to relationship with him not by works. In Galatians 2, Paul writes this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Righteousness cannot be salvation and eternal life, cannot be uh, earned. It is a free gift to be unwrapped by you and I. And Martin Luther says this, We do not become righteous by doing righteous deeds, but having been made righteous by Jesus, we do righteous deeds. It's a response to. So my first thought is that presents are thought about, gifts are thought about, and you and I were thought about. That's why the gift of Jesus was sent. Secondly, gifts are wrapped, and the gift of salvation was wrapped in Jesus. And the last one is that gifts are to be accepted, opened, and enjoyed. Have you accepted, opened, and enjoyed the gift of salvation, the gift of relationship with God? And my last thought is that the gift of Jesus reveals the Father heart of God. That the gift of Jesus actually reveals the heart of the giver. It reveals the Father heart of God to you and I. It says in John 3.16, that for God so loved the world, so he loves you, before you've done anything, before you've known him, he loves you. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God's heart towards you and I is love. His heart towards you and I is open arms. His heart towards you and I is love. That is his heart to us. His heart for us is to walk in relationship with him. 
to enjoy him, to talk to him, to include us in our daily and weekly lives. That is his heart for us. Romans 5, it says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly die. But God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That while we're still far from him, that he died for us, to open the way for us to have a relationship with him. You know, whatever is going on in your life, the good, the bad, the okay, the crazy, the stress, the anxiety, doesn't sidetrack the fact that he loves you. He loves you. Not be, even if there's bad stuff going on, he loves you. If there's good stuff going on, he loves you. He loves you no matter what. You know, my kids, when, when they play, people take toys off them and they're so hurt, but they don't doubt my love for them. When Bonnie gets punched in the face by Rocky, shouldn't have called him Rocky, just joking, I love it. When Bonnie gets punched in the face at Rocky, by Rocky, she looks at me, doesn't doubt my love for her, but she looks at me and says, Dad, I need your help. I need your rescue. What about you? God loves you guys. doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Even if it's the most horrendous thing, He loves you. And you know, when we're going through, you know, with our daughter Haven, just horrendous. But when you look at the cross, when you look at Jesus, the gift of Jesus, it's love. That's it. It's absolute love. And stuff will happen in your life, bad stuff. Stuff will get taken from you. Things will happen, but He loves you. That's why the gift of Jesus was sent for you and I. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That's it. And we can live out of that love. We can live out of love. We can walk to that love. We can walk to those open arms of God and say, God, I need your help. I need your protection. And, you know, for, for Sam and I walking through that, um, God always had open arms to us. We felt carried and loved. Didn't bring our daughter back, but we were loved and loved. And you and I are loved. That the gift of Jesus reveals God's heart to you and I. That he sent his one and only son for you and I. But what about you guys? This year, today, have you opened up that gift of salvation, that gift of Jesus? Or is it sitting like that National Lampoon's guy, it's sitting in the attic? Maybe taken, but not opened. I encourage you, in your private time right now, when you go home tomorrow, next week, whenever, sit wherever you want. doesn't have to be in your bedroom. And go, open up that gift of Jesus. And God, the Holy Spirit will fill you. Say, God, I'm so sorry for all the things that I've done. Lord God, I thank you that even though I'm so bad, that I swear, that I think bad thoughts, that I do bad things, that you still sent Jesus to die for me. I still say those prayers. Man, but thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving me so much that I was worth your son on the cross. And I thank you that I can have a relationship with you. And I ask you for Holy Spirit to fill me up so I can know you and unwrap you in my life. I encourage you to do that when you get home. And God won't disappoint. He will not disappoint you at all. So we might pray. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. For creation, Lord God, for this fantastic earth. 
for what you've done with all the animals and the trees and the rivers, Lord God, and the lake. But I thank you, Lord, that you didn't just stop from making stuff, that you wanted to have a relationship with your creation. That you created us, that you know us, that you love us. And that you wanted to have a relationship with us. So Lord God, we thank you for that gift of Jesus. That gift lying in a manger for us to enjoy, for mankind to enjoy. I thank you, Lord, that you make salvation easy. It's a free gift that we, don't, we can't earn it. We don't have to earn it. That you've made it easy for us. So Lord, I pray, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for the fact that we can have a relationship with you. And I thank you, Lord, that you leave us your Holy Spirit to live in us, to help us live out our faith, help us to connect with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, church, if, that, if this morning you were like, man, Matt, I didn't know it was a free gift. I'd love to come talk to you and you can invite Jesus into your heart if you'd like. Or maybe you, we're here and you're like, yeah, I'm like that National Lampoon's guy. I've opened up, I've received a gift and I maybe haven't opened it up or I've opened it up and I've closed him back up and you want to rededicate your life to God and I'd really, really love to pray for you. Or maybe you've never invited him into your heart before and you say, Matt, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. I want to follow him day in, day out. How do I do that? What do I do? Then, like I said just before, just sit down wherever, open your heart to God and say, God, Jesus, I want to follow you. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.